Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Howdy, boys and girls. Tutel Nuanes. Happy Monday to you. Happy first day of the NBA playoffs. Let's, let's go. Um, we'll get into these NBA playoffs here in just a moment. I want to say if you uh, missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The Tutel Nuanes podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can... Watch on your time at your leisure. Rate, review, subscribe. Appreciate that. The podcast brought to us by Alpine Touch and Blackfoot Communications. Uh, if you would like to call or text, 361-3688 is the phone number. Area code 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And if you'd like to listen live on the World Wide Web, you jump in the stream. It's on our website, 10290ESPN.com. It's available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. All right, Coulter. You got the new allergy yet? What? There's like a new pollen. Oh, man, I have been sneezing a little bit. Me too, and that's okay. why I'm sniffling. It's like a new, it's something new. It just happened this weekend. And I know you've been afflicted by, by I do. Allergies. I do get. I do get seasonal allergies. Is it hay fever? Is that what they yeah, used to call it? Yeah, mine had like evolved too. I wasn't getting them very much the last couple summers. And then this summer, early and now, have been bad. I, uh, as, a, I as, a, as a kid, I grew up, never had a problem, whatever. Turned 18 years old, bang. Crying, sneezing, coughing the whole nine. Blame so, it on the bourbon. Yes, it must have been all that bourbon I was drinking when I was a teenager. Um, all right, Coulter, uh, let's talk some NBA playoffs here. Can't okay. Wait. Utah. 
uh, fell to Denver in overtime in the first game of the playoffs. Uh, so uh, obviously the uh, Nuggets are up one game to nothing. Jamal Murray was so so pristine down the stretch of this basketball Heard game. Of that money, it was baby. oh, it was beautiful to watch. Absolutely could not miss. You just knew every shot he was taking. You know when a guy gets into that rhythm, so, great shooters. Are, are great shooters. And if J.J. Redick gets an open look, 9 out of 10 from deep, it's going down if it's open. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. He takes a ton of crazy hard shots that are still, it's unbelievable, that are 50-50 that they go in. But he is a catch-and-shoot type of guy, right? Steph Curry, he is such a good shooter. He creates every every which way, and his handle is so great. But he's not the athlete that Jamal Murray is. And Jamal Murray's ability to... Step back, step in, mid-range, move you around, and just create in that one-on-one. Like, I mean, Steph Curry's a better basketball player than Jamal Murray. I'm well, not sure. saying this, okay? But well, Steph Curry's also in, not 6'4 and a half, That's right. In his rhythm and with what he was doing, it was just incredible. And then, oh, so you're going to leave Jokic to go guard him, which you have to do? I mean, the two-man game that they were running was great. And by the way, Donovan Mitchell, 57 points. He's the first player... Of his age, I don't know how old he is, but he's the youngest player to score 57 points since, hello, Michael Jordan did it to the Celtics in the the playoffs, in the playoffs. Since Michael Jordan did it to the Celtics in 1986? 87. Okay. 86. 86. 86. It was a great Celtics season, and that was the game that... The Celtics were like, Celtics won. Yeah, and they, Celtics yeah, yeah. won, and they were predestined basically to be the champions that year because that's one of the great teams in the history yep. of the NBA. But that was the uh, the game where Larry Bird sent something along the lines of uh, not even God could have guarded Michael Jordan enough. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, in any case, that's that's that game. Toronto, Brooklyn. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, twenty three. In fact, twenty three years old. Yep. Okay. Um, Toronto played Brooklyn uh, today, by, and uh, Toronto won handily, I think, by 24 points was the final margin, something like that, 21, 24 points. So they get game one. And going on right now is the Boston Celtics-Philadelphia 76ers. The game has just gone into uh, the very beginning of the second quarter, and Boston is up by one point in that basketball game. So, Coulter, first of all, I uh, give the floor to you when it comes to – now, I know a lot of people around here are super excited for the Lakers-Blazers series. And I am as well. I think it's going to be great. But what, in terms of the playoffs, is it that you're looking forward to, expecting, excited about? Well, I have a whole bunch of, of, of takes. First of all, I think this little mini rivalry that's brewing between the Nuggets and the Jazz is a good one. I think they both have really good young cores. This is the second year in a row they've played in the playoffs. I think that they um, they have contrasting styles, but they also have good matchups for each other. I think that really agree. I think that Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray are are going to be superstars sooner or later. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's knocking on the door already. Jamal Murray's he, Jamal Murray's got work to do to be a superstar, but all superstardom is is the recognition of people who don't know basketball, right? Right. Well, I mean, and, and, and you got to earn your stripes because in this day and age, I mean, the, the NBA has more superstars right now than it's had in any time in the last thirty years. This yeah. is this is the second coming of the golden era of the NBA. I mean. That that's what's so amazing is as good as Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell are, they're still not in the same vein as maybe twelve or even fourteen other guys in the league, right? I mean, th- there's so many elite guys. Yeah. We're getting towards probably closer than not to the end of guys like Russell Westbrook and stuff, but they still have plenty of gas left in the tank. That's gonna be the other thing is because of medical 
progression and just the way these guys take care of their bodies, guys retiring as superstars when they're in their early to mid-30s is not going to be a thing anymore. Guys are going to play well into their mid to late 30s at a high level. Yep. These guys just take care of their bodies so much better. But the, I love the rivalry and the matchup between the Jazz and the Nuggets. I also think that each one of them has the pieces to be contenders for the Western Conference title sooner than later. I just wish they would explore those pieces. When I watch the Nuggets, like if the right now the Nuggets are paying Paul Millsap $30 million to do basically nothing. I know that contract's almost done. They're also paying Mason Plumlee $14 million. He's a good energy guy, but he's not worth that. If they took those $44 million and signed four or five $8 million a year guys that are shooters. Imagine the, the biggest flaw the Nuggets got right now is, is they don't have any knockdown shooters. Imagine if you had a bunch of J.J. Redick type guys around Jokic. I mean. What are you going to do? I mean, the guy's getting six and a half, seven assists a game anyways yeah. without spot-up shooters. He plays with mostly slashers. They got great athleticism. They can guard almost anybody on the perimeter. But imagine if they could stack a couple three and D guys. Imagine if you could get, you know, a Danny Green and a J.J. Redick and guys like that to play around Jokic to go with Jamal Murray and Will Barton because I love those pieces too. If the I just think the Nuggets, they need to reinvest. Once they get out from under that Paul Millsap contract, they're going to have some money to spend. And I just I hope that they don't try to go after – a superstar because I think that they have two guys who are on the brink of being that and they're already in their organization. I hope they spread the money around and try to get great players that can shoot and open it up for those guys. And I think that the Jazz are in a similar situation. I love Donovan Mitchell. The more I watch him, what, what do you think of this? He, he reminds me of Dwayne Wade so much. Mm. Do you like that? I do. Yeah, I think there's, I, I mean, I, I think he's a an apt stylistic Style, comparison. Stylistically, yes. personality too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's so he's so appealing to watch. Yeah, he he's so great to watch. Um, and I think that they have two great pieces with Mitchell and Gobert. They have a, a little bit better role players too because I think Joe Ingles is an awesome role player. They just need to get out from under that Mike Conley thing. They got to figure out their point guard spot because yeah. Quinn Snyder's always been a point guard coach, and they just struggled with having a guy who could do what. You need to do in Quinn Snyder's system. I mean, Rubio was so great at the the transition and the passing; he couldn't shoot, mm-hmm. and that kills you because then you can put so much pressure on Mitchell in the half court. Mm-hmm. But breaking down these other series, I know that you thought that Brooklyn, Toronto was your upset special. Why? Why do you think that? Because um, it's easy to just hate on the Raptors. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, they they won one thirty four one ten, so they they put Brooklyn to bed today uh, pretty easily, but. In watching Brooklyn play limited amount, admittedly, this season, um, I've been just so impressed with their young guys. I think not a lot of people know. I mean, Karis LeVert is starting to get some run, yep. but he is so good. He's great. And and uh, Jared, Her- Jared Allen is as... As, 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 I mean, he's not quite Gobert as a rim protector, but he he's is. There, he's man. in that range, and there's not a lot of true bigs that do that in the middle of the floor, and yet he's got the athleticism, it seems to me, to kind of go inside-outside a little bit at least. I, I love him as a player, he's Jared Allen. He's got better hands than Gobert, too, so that means he, it, Gobert is the best rim protector in the league. He, yeah. I mean, he's the defensive player of the year last year. He might be again this year. Mm-hmm. But he's he in the pick-and-roll game, though, he's so below average. He can't catch the ball. Efficiently, and now if he could just catch the ball at Clint Capella or DeAndre Jordan, man, yeah. and then he, then he's a true All NBA player. 
I think Jared Allen is better on offense, though, than people give him credit. I, I think so, too. And, I, and and Joe Harris is a really good player as well for the Nets. For so sure. I, I think they have a really nice team. So, so, the, so, so the, tell me this. They're in a position that I think people didn't think they were going to be in because they spent so much money on two superstars. Kyrie Irving and Kenny right. Grant. They're yep. both out. Yep. Moving forward, though, this has helped. For, this has catered to the emergence of Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. I love the roster that the... Nets have right now, and I hate it if they bring both those guys back. So what do you do? You bring the, those guys back. And See, I roll. think you bring KD back, and I think if you bring KD back and you get adequate value for Kyrie Irving, you're a Eastern Conference Championship contender. Well, it depends what you what 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 you know what value is. You know, I I mean, I, I any deal's a good deal if it's a good deal. Sure, I just think if you bring Kyrie back. It makes Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie almost irrelevant. But if you bring KD back, I think both those guys can play really well with KD, just not Kyrie. Um, I also, when it comes to the Raptors, today, they won by 24, okay? It was a big win. Fred Van Fleet had 30. Of course he did. It's playoffs, baby. 8 of 10 from beyond they the They should arc. just pay Fred Van Vliet the league minimum it's, during the regular season and $10 million for the playoffs. And you know who their next highest scorer was? Serge Ibaka, who's a nice player, but he's a veteran. He's playing coming off the bench, okay? He had 22 points. Pascal Siakam, who's their best player, and he was great, by the way. I love Pascal Siakam. He had 18 points. Karis LeVert, he only had 19. So it was not a game where the stars really showed up and balled out. It was a guy like Fred Van Fleet being unconscious and, and doing his thing. I like Toronto. I think that they're a good club. I just think that the Nets are pretty underrated. And in watching them play, I've been very impressed with the effort, the energy that they bring. And I think that they have an opportunity. Look, there's no such thing as an upset in a 4-5. And even in a 3-6 matchup, you know, depends a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of people would be surprised to see the 76ers beat Boston. I get that. But... You know, it's you're still talking about teams that are effectively middle of the road. So it's not until the two sevens, one eights that I think you get real big upsets to call them that. But I think that of all the teams in those matchups, that that Brooklyn has the best shot, and I think that it took them a while. And who's their their Jacques? uh, uh, Fails me now. Who their interim coach is? Uh, Right. But uh, he's been. He's, you know, a lot of times in a scenario like this, whether a guy is a good coach at a long at a long term level is hard to say. But a lot of times you get a boost from that. You know, when when sure. you have a guy that you know the players like, who's a former player himself, comes in and uh, is able to 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 give it a little bit uh, of a different feel. And I think that Brooklyn has some of that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they get swept out and don't come within twenty of Toronto. But I like the Nets. I love your take on the Nets. I love your analysis of the Nets. The problem for the Nets in this series are twofold. One, the number one, um, the number one matchup where depth caters to being an advantage in the playoffs is when you're playing a young upstart team like the Nets. The Raptors are the deepest team in the East. Going ten or eleven deep has been an Achilles heel for the Raptors up until last year. And last year, they didn't really do that in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But they can now, and I think that that helps keep you fresh, but also helps bury young teams like the Nets. I think that's why you saw multiple guys for the Raptors come off the bench and lead the way today. The other problem is, I agree, you get a boost from an interim coach, but not against one of the best coaches in the league, and that's what the Raptors have. I got another question for you. I Let me just hold you. Sure. I... 
you and I were both uh, Jacques Vaughn, by the way. Oh, Jacques Vaughn, yeah, sure. Uh, you and I are both completely enamored with Nick Nurse. I think anybody, everybody is. He's yep. w- he's one for one on NBA titles. Okay, yep. is he one of the best coaches in the league? Uh, I I always tend to base my uh, I don't even want to say opinion because it's not my opinion. I base what I think about that based on what I hear from other coaches in the league. When I hear Brad Stevens or Doc Rivers or Steve Kerr call you one of the best coaches in the league, then you're one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, because those guys are the best coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers is so good at bumping up his colleagues. There's the cliche, you know, where you just say the respect oh, of the other guy. And you say, yeah, you yeah. just say that everybody's a good coach. Yeah. Doc doesn't. He only says it if you're a great coach, and he has said that about Nick Nurse. Well, I will say this: when Nick Nurse showed up, and I saw him in his is, you know, the suit was fine. The belt wasn't that great. The goatee is just unacceptable. That's what you should roll with. No, so it, I was just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know, you know, because I make I I just assume you're going to be good or bad based on the way you look. So uh, how the hell I, are we any good? There? I, I, who said I assumed we were good? So I sat there, but then I saw an interview with him like pregame, yeah. and he was in just like a straight NBA jumpsuit, hoodie all the way up, like the bow tied tight. He looked like KD on an off day, or yeah. just waiting to go into a game. You know what I mean? I thought to myself, well, look at this guy. Like he, like the suit is the uh, the thing that he does because he has to do it. Sure. This is him just hanging out with with his team, being like just a guy, you know. Yeah. Not, and I don't know. He he does seem to strike that right relational balance. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch, and it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to alpinetouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's unbelievable to me. I know we're, I'm going a little left to center here on this, but it's unbelievable to me how many basketball coaches are able to relate to their players and, like, have their players like them and genuinely like their players as opposed why, why is that unbelievable to a, as opposed to 
basically every other sport, especially football, where it's just the military general, well, you know, right. Patton out there running the show, screaming his head off. But it's the least surprising thing in the world, right? Because the number one characteristic of a good NBA coach is a person being relatable as a personality, being able to make personalities mesh. But what I guess what I'm asking is, why isn't that more valued? In football, because I mean, I know because partially unless, why. Because unless you're one of the eight best quarterbacks in the NFL, you're expendable. Period. No matter what, no matter what, you are expendable. Period. They mm-hmm. will cut you. They will replace you. Go look at all the guys that got cut this offseason in the NFL. Insane. Yeah, I mean, I understand but that. You, like, so let the GM do that. Well, well, you know, I know, but y- you you have to tr- because it's such a a. Uh, because it's such a battleground sport, you have to treat it like... And I'm not saying there aren't football players that really like their head coach. Sure. But, you know, you see a bunch of coaches up there, and it's just, you know, just just militant. You know what I mean? 100%. But it's also why the NBA, I mean, the best NBA coaches are among the coolest guys in the world and is among the best leaders in the world. Yeah. They're the most centered people. I can't get over how good this podcast, this Flying Coach podcast that's hosted by Steve Kerr and Pete Carroll is. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll does take kind of the yes, NBA coach's mode. He's he one does. of the only ones Him that does. Him and Andy Reid come to mind. But but that's not – those are two really good coaches. Right. I think players love playing for Rex Ryan, but he's he's not a good head football coach. Totally. I mean, one of the things that, that uh, drives me so crazy is that I think that if you take a hard stance – and can't see the whole picture when you're opining about literally anything, it's because you don't have perspective. And that's why I love this podcast, and I think that those guys are so great. The episode I just listened to with Steve Kerr, Pete Carroll, and Doc Rivers, no one takes a hard line about literally anything Mm -hmm. because they have such great perspective. They can see every side of every issue, every side of every personality conflict. And that's how you become relatable, and that's how you become a great leader. That's mm-hmm. why those guys are so great. Okay, I got two more questions for you okay. before we get out. Yep. Number one is Brett Brown coaching for his job, Philadelphia 76ers head coach. Well, or or did Ben Simmons' injury buy so, him more time? It's just, I think he's coaching for his job. I'm I'm going to say he is. Yes, uh, even with Ben Simmons being out, I think that the. The, the winds have pushed in that direction for Brett Brown at this time. So, yes, I'll say he is. Okay. Number two, I think the Clippers are a machine. They have more pieces than any other team in the league. I don't think that they're going to win it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But I think that the toughest first-round matchup that the Clippers could have drawn is the Dallas Mavericks. So do you agree? I love that you're bringing this up because we have talked so much about the Los Angeles Lakers and a potential and what is now an actual matchup with the Blazers and how we both love the Lakers. And I think you and I both have the Lakers winning the whole thing, right? Coming into this yep. thing, we both got L.A. winning it. But we have said that this is going to be, I think, such a great series, very competitive, at the very least entertaining. Yep. And that it's going to be great great drama and really interesting and it's no pushover but we have penciled in LA VLA into the Western Conference Finals Mm -hmm. and I sat here today and I was going through these and I went Clippers Mavericks now let's just tap the brakes here a very little bit in fact maybe more than a little bit because I am with you I love this Mavericks team now the Clippers 
I think the Clippers are as well constructed. I think the Clippers, that Clippers have the best roster in basketball in terms of of the, the whole and the starting unit and top to bottom. I just think I, it's I mean, so I mean, they, unbelievable. They bring Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell off the bench. I mean, th- those guys are both like above average to borderline elite. Absolutely. Players in the NBA. So. The, what carries Los Angeles at the end of the day is two guys who are just better than everybody else. But maybe the next two guys are on the Clippers, but who they're surrounded with, Lou Harris, Harrell, Patrick Beverly, like the whole group, I think it's phenomenal. So I love that Clippers team, and I think that they're going to win this series. But I love the Mavericks, man. How could you not at this point, right? So the best part about the bubble is you get to watch teams that never get on national TV in you get to watch them extensively. So I'm I I am going to I'm just saying that I I think that this is a very reasonable consideration to make, and I think the Mavs are will push the Clippers. Just for conversation's sake, let's switch the Mavs and the Blazers and just talk about the matchup. If you switch, it's if Dallas is the eight seed and they're playing the Lakers, Dallas is getting swept. I think no question because. The Lakers have Anthony Davis to play on Christoph Porzingis. That negates a potential advantage there. The Lakers have literally no one to touch LeBron. I know no one can guard LeBron, but the Lakers... The, you mean the Mavs? The Mavs literally have yeah. no one that could even come... I mean, LeBron's doing whatever he wants in that series. And when you talk about then the Clippers versus the Blazers, well, you got Pat Bev and, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to guard Damian Lillard. That can negate that advantage to a certain extent. And I, let's be clear... Superstars in the bubble right now <laughs> are going off. I actually think that the neutral court combined with um, just the structure and the amount of focus these guys can put into this, I think it's no surprise that literally every superstar in the NBA is just lighting the thing on fire. Not the least of which is Damian Lillard. I mean, he's the MVP of the bubble so far. But you put the Clippers versus the Blazers, I think the Clippers win that one going away too. But now you switch the matchups. The Lakers don't really have anybody to guard Dame. The Blazers do have a bunch of bodies you can throw to Anthony Davis. I don't think any of them can guard him, but you could at least have a a parade of guys to stand in front of him. Yeah, And you have a couple guys you can throw in front of LeBron, too, to at least try to impede it. And then you talk about the Mavericks versus the Clippers. The Kawhi Leonard, Pat Beverly style of being your shorts on defense, that affects Luka Doncic less than anybody else Mm. in the league. Mm-hmm. And also, the Clippers don't have anybody to guard Christos Porzingis. No, they don't. So I don't think that the, the Mavs are going to win this series, but if they pushed it to six, I wouldn't be surprised. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll get into perhaps some cuts in the NFL and the first loss of a Montana native in the UFC. All of that right after this. Boys and girls, it is hot outside. I was at the lake this weekend, not to brag, I'm just saying. You should maybe think about going to the lake this weekend. If you got nothing to ride around on, well, then you need to go to Kurtz Polaris. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. They're all over western Montana with everything that you need to recreate this season, including Crest pontoon boats, top-of-the-line pontoon boats. You get out there on the water. You feel very much better about life, and you're happy it's 100 degrees outside. You know, when you're out there like that, take a quick dip. Get out, throw your lure in the water, do whatever you want to do on a Crest Pontoon boat. Also, if the mountains are calling you, well, they got everything for you. Dirt bikes, Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, top of the line there. Get you out and wherever you want to go in the most fun of ways. And also, they're side-by-sides. You got work to do on your land. You got places you want to get for service roads. See the top of a mountain, take a Razor or Ranger. Get the whole family in a general. 
See those cruising around, getting 15 people in the Dagnab Generals. Polaris side-by-sides, that's the way to go. Everything you need, machines, equipment, accessories, service, apparel, safety, looks, it's all at Curse Polaris. Online at CursePolaris.com. Some are the way you always envision with Kurtz. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. birthday he can do whatever he wants you know play whatever music he wants to have out there it's Tutel and Nuwana's 1029 ESPN radio on Twitter we're there at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT those are your relevant Twitter handles uh if you would uh, like to watch us on YouTube you can do that as well shout out to our YouTube viewers some of whom watch YouTube in stereo in quadrario which is that would be if you had four things going around whole Apartment just shrouded in two tell nuanas YouTube. Phenomenal. Uh, in any case, uh, you can go check us out there. The two tell nuanas YouTube channel is available live and then archived, so you can watch any time that you would like to. Uh, NBA playoffs ongoing as we speak. As I mentioned, the uh, Boston Celtics leading the uh, 76ers right now with now six and a half seconds left in the first half. Philadelphia at the line trying to cut it to a six-point deficit. It's right now 55-48 in favor of the Boston Celtics. Are we sleeping on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown a little bit? Do they they get pushed to the, they like it burst on the scene as such young players and so great and then now all of a sudden they've kind of been around a while and they're still really good, but you kinda of like, eh, like new things have caught our eye, new players, new people. When the Celtics made that run away to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. without Kyrie Irving, first of all, that just affirmed my constant talking point that Chemistry, roster composition, flow of the game, making each other better. It's so important in basketball, and sometimes it gets overlooked. Yeah. Kyrie Irving's awesome, man, but pounding the ball into the ground doesn't make anybody else better. He's so good that it hasn't mattered a lot of times in his career, but it doesn't make a lot of the other guys around you better. Mm -hmm. I think that the Celtics got better without him. But I also think it's been interesting to see the national narrative around the Celtics because they replaced Kyrie Irving with a a guy – that I think, you know, underdog mentality, a legend in that region of the country because of his time at UConn and Kemba Walker, people sort of spun it like it's Kemba Walker's team. The Celtics need to make the, the move both internally and externally that it's Jason Tatum's team. Yeah. If you listen to people around the league, Jason Tatum's a top 15 player. Jason Tatum's knocking on the door of being an all-NBA, one of the best 10 or 12 guys in the league. They just need to empower him in that role. I, I get why they haven't. He's still only 22, but he's the dude. Yeah. Give him the reins. Um, 
55-49 officially at halftime in favor of the Celtics, so they take a six-point lead to the break. Uh, Coulter, let's talk a little bit about some NFL stuff here, uh, some movement over the weekend, uh, well, even into last week. Travis Johnson, Montana State uh, Bobcat. This This is a disappointing man but he suffered a groin injury of some sort and as a result was released by the team especially when you have a limited roster a limited number of guys that you're carrying and when you're an undrafted free agent if you get injured if you get hurt that's it you're going to be off the team and we really thought that because of his time especially on special teams and he is an nfl caliber athlete when you talk about his speed and stuff like that that he'd have a look at maybe making this club but this is this is the nature of it, and how many guys really never got a shot because of something like this? I don't know the extent of the injury. You know, maybe it's something that you can kind of work back from and see if you can find a spot somewhere else uh, would be great. But uh, for 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 the time being, he is not on a team, which is is really a bummer. Bryce Sturck, he was cut by the Miami Dolphins. They wanted him to be a tight end. We'll see. Uh, what, what he ends up being, but he was picked up after he was released by the Dolphins by the Bengals. So he goes to Cincinnati. I have no idea what Cincinnati thinks of him in terms of a role or where they might think about playing him. But again, he's he's an NFL body, uh, certainly, uh, with some measurables uh, that, that, to go along with it. So, you know, we'll see where he fits in. Jeff Johnson, ever since he broke his foot at Oregon, which was the first domino in his completely crazy path that culminated in him not playing anything but receiver at Montana State. He has never been able to keep then he broke his foot again when he's in Bozeman. But then for whatever reason the the lingering side effects of those injuries have been muscle pulls. And that, that it's not uncommon when you have a really strong guy like that when yeah. they, when they hurt something structurally then they favor it. And then their muscles get disproportionate because of the favoritism. And then all of a sudden you have constantly have a hamstring problem or you constantly have a growing or a quad problem. He's got to get that part figured out or his football career is going to be over. And you do feel bad for him because it's not it's nothing of his doing. It's just byproducts of all the injuries that he suffered. Bryce Dirk, when he was first signed by the Bengals, was signed as a DN. That's what the release from the Bengals said. But he's wearing number 87 now. He's listed as a tight end on the roster. So um, we'll see. I, I think that... At first, I was I was turned off by this notion that he could play tight end. And I don't think that he'll ever be a guy that's catching passes across the middle. But this is how crazy of an athlete you have to be to play on the edge. Bryce Dirk is too stiff and doesn't run well enough to play on the edge in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, he runs like the wind, and he's an unbelievable athlete for any level of college football, particularly the FCS level. But he just doesn't. He doesn't he doesn't do it well enough for the league because, I mean, you have to run like Khalil Mack to play on the edge in the NFL. And, and you know, those two things are not comparable. I do think that Sturk has unbelievable pop at the point of attack. That's his number one elite skill is his knockoff. Mm. So if a team can harness that, that's what I think he could be is be like that, that second end. or third yeah. tight end who's never catching the ball but just, you know, smack the guy, blow him off the ball. He could, he could be that. So we'll see. Uh Dante Olson, by the way, still with the Eagles. No, no change there. Um, he had such a such an odd combine where he did the things the things that people thought that he was going to do really well. He was great at, particularly the vertical jump and the broad jump as well. But he was well below par in the other in the other measurables. Here's here's a question for you: When a guy goes to a team like this, they 
they're going to go, okay, look at the look at the jumping ability, look at the leaping ability, look at the leg strength or something like that. Do you think they go, hey, show me that you're not a 488 guy. Go right now and go out here and run. Do they, do, I mean, not that, again, whatever your 40 is is, is is going to make or break it, but you have to be within some range. And do you think they said, rerun this thing and let me see what you can do? Well, I don't even think they need to go that far. I think the Eagles probably had an inside track on Dante Wilson anyways yeah. because of Tim Houck being in Philadelphia. There, I mean, there's I think there's three, maybe even four coaches in Philadelphia right now that have University of Montana ties. I mean, Marty Borningwick is back sure. there too. A, a, so, so they're familiar with him. You know, yeah. I mean, there's I mean, Tim Houck has seen Dante Olson play football in person, so that helps so much because he can go to the the front office and say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter. Like this kid can play. But I think that they gave him the benefit of the doubt anyways. I mean, we've we've heard stories now from the combine that, I mean, Dr. Olson, he was so nervous before he ran his 40, he was throwing up, and, mm-hmm. like, he just wasn't he wasn't ready to do it. You could see he was tight. I mean, what's more intimidating than watching Isaiah Simmons run 4-3-4 th- right before you? 3-9, but yeah. 4-3-9, <laughs> whatever. He's up 4-4 as a linebacker. That's tough to watch right before you go. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Regardless, yeah. all, all I'm saying is that I think that the Eagles like Dante Olsen enough that the fact that they signed him meant that they were over it as far as the 40 goes. Yeah. He's listed as the number two guy on their depth chart inside linebacker. I think that if he can um, produce on special teams and learn pick up the playbook quickly, I think that he has a well, shot to make that squad. And it's a position that, that is a position of need. So you would think if you're going to get a fair shake and a good competition, that would be one place to do it. It's Tutel Nuanas. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Quick break. We'll come wrap this thing up. Sean O'Malley, his 13th fight in the UFC, did not go the way he had hoped. We will talk about what happened and what this might mean for his career next. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house, and like a real jerk, I said nothing to you. Because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house, you left it in my house, and I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch, and it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to alpinetouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
Boys and girls, it's a Monday. It is hot. I don't know if I'm going home after this. You know what I mean, Cole? I might just stay right here. I got air conditioning in my house. Trouble. You are in trouble. Ugh. It's two tell Nuanas, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, if you missed anything in the show, give it a listen on the old podcast. The two tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's available all the time. Listen at your leisure on your favorite podcasting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. Appreciate all of that. The podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications and Alpine Touch. Uh, Coulter, Sean O'Malley, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Helena native who uh, did not merely make it to the UFC but has been, well, undefeated and outstanding in his UFC career and one of the up-and-coming bright stars of UFC uh, in his weight class had a co-headline fight in UFC over the weekend and was going to work (laughs) and then hurt himself, and it's a a little bit unclear where and how it happened. I've heard things like Liz Frank. I've heard things like the, the, the nerve on the outside of the foot. I know that he injured his foot in 2018, in a fight which he won anyways, even after injuring his foot. But he was in control of the fight halfway through the first round, and all of a sudden, he tried to take a step and literally could not put weight on his foot. In fact, fell over untouched trying to step on his right foot, and he ends up losing to Vera in uh, in a a TKO. The fight was ultimately stopped because he was starting to take a pounding, and that's what happens when one quarter of all the things you do to win a fight doesn't work anymore. Very disappointing because, again, I think that people, you know, minus this injury, which I think is a free... If you get injured because you're in a fight and you do something and you, you injure yourself, I mean, that's part of what the UFC is, and that's part of, of I mean, look, man, it's, it is a violent, physical, fi- physically violent sport. And so if somebody else gets injured as a result of the fight they're in, that is to the credit of the opponent. I mean, that's, that is what UFC is about. But if you get injured essentially not having anything really happen, like you, ha- you, you had something go wrong when you stepped or when you kicked, I realized that is also obviously a result of the fight, but it's not like it was imposed on him from the outside. And so <clears throat> a guy who was in control of fight, looking to go 13-0, looking to raise his stock even higher, now has a major setback on a big stage, and it's certainly got to be disappointing for him. Certainly is, and I mean... Like you said, hurting yourself is totally different than getting hurt by your opponent. Right. It sucks when you can't defend yourself and a fight gets stopped because so much training goes into it. That said, when it's an early stoppage like this, I think that that's a good thing when it comes to the promoters and the guys that put these fights together and project the potential matchups because he's going to get another chance. If he just would have gotten pummeled in his first primetime main card, it's really hard to get back into that spotlight. Mm-hmm. But... The fact that it was a fluke anomaly, I think he'll get another shot. He's a really marketable guy. I know we're obviously rooting for him at being a small-town Montana guy, but the way he talks, how brash he is, the personality he's created, uh, the the flair in which he won his last three fights leading mm-hmm. up to this fight, he's he is going to be a I mean, star. The multicolored cornrows are pretty unmissable, right. too. I mean, he's going to be a, a star if he can put it together the next time he gets a shot, and I expect him to get a shot 
in the prime time again. Well, the first thing is to figure out well what what is it that is hurt because he had to be taken off on a on a gurney on a stretcher, not because he was beaten up so badly, but because he physically could not walk because of whatever it was that happened to it appeared to his foot. I mean, he was grabbing at his foot in obvious pain when it was you know when it was all said and done, and so. You know, that's the sort of thing that that is scary, especially if you've dealt with a foot injury before to have it have have a reoccurrence or, you know, maybe it's not the same thing. Maybe it's completely different, but it's nonetheless a second foot injury to the same right foot. Then that is certainly a cause for concern because you wonder, well, is there is there real structural damage that, you know, isn't going to ever get back to 100 percent or whatever and that's that it would be you know a major disappointment i mean right before the fight ended when he fell without any contact his foot just kind of folded underneath him it was really weird i've never seen it really anything like that it it did look like something that maybe he's been brewing for a while Mm -hmm. all right uh boys and girls uh nba it's uh the topic of the day because it is the first day of the nba postseason the playoffs Clippers Mavericks game one we will have it for you on ESPN radio we'll take you to the bubble at 630 opening tip seven o'clock mountain for that game uh, this evening meanwhile they have just started the second half of the Boston Philadelphia game again the Sixers a six-point lead 55 49 uh, as they head into the very beginning of this third quarter you expect Boston to win I know you like the Clippers in six, but you like the Mavs to push them. Yep. You certainly are expecting the Bucks, right, to go ahead and be just fine in their series against Orlando? No question. Okay. And then what about the Miami-Indiana series? Miami. I think Miami's really underrated, actually. I think I liked what I've seen out of Miami. They have some um, maybe lesser-known guys that are pretty talented, okay. pretty fun to watch. I think that – I mean – at this point, Eric Spolster is a good coach, man. He, yeah, he got a lot. Of, he got hated on because he had LeBron James, but he's been he's been doing a lot with not a lot for a while. So you like the one, two, three, and five seeds in the East yeah. and the West? You're still taking the Lakers over the Blazers? Man, I still got the Lakers over the Blazers, even though I want the Blazers bad. You got the you got the Clip. Oh, I I didn't I said the Clippers, Toronto, Brooklyn. You got Toronto. I got Toronto okay. Yeah. We'll go through the rest of this tomorrow, boys and girls. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Enjoy basketball. It's 2 Tell Nuanas. It's ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.